Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Geekdom with the Single Dad. I'm your host, Tony Shea, and once again, I am sick. Yep, my kids, uh, after they got their stomach flu and their colds and all that, I don't know if they got sick again or if they just never recovered in the first place, but uh, they got me sick, and I've been sick for like basically since the last episode that I recorded. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty bad. I've had a really hard time talking. Like whenever I'm at work, I uh, I don't know. It was this thing where I was actually sick and coughing and had a really bad cold and really snotty and all that type of stuff. And then I got better, but then my throat kept feeling like it would uh, like every time I would talk, it felt like it would tighten up. I would be like, and it would like force a cough out. It was really weird. It was like I couldn't actually speak regularly to anyone. I would just start talking and. Yeah, I felt like a frog in my throat. Just bleh. In fact, at work, I uh, tried to talk to, you know, a cute girl there. And as soon as she walked in, I was like, hey. And that was the end of that. So uh, I guess I should consider myself lucky that I can even talk right now. So, um, yay, we can get episode six going. So hooray. Uh, as far as episode six goes, uh, once again, I'm doing this a little bit earlier than I normally would for a uh, second episode of the month, and uh, I don't think I'm able to hook up with uh, my friends that I'm supposed to co-host with, uh, Raina and Nick. Uh, I didn't really give them a huge heads up, so I don't think I don't even think they know I'm recording this week. But um, again, like I said last time, it's you know it's life. It's hard to it's hard to always match up. I mean, between two sets of parents, and you know our jobs and our just daily whatever it's uh easier said than done so i don't think um they're not gonna be here this episode which is fine we'll just go for the next and if they're not there in the next we'll just go for the one after that we'll just keep keep going until we can get them on so uh no harm no foul i'm not upset about it or anything so uh it's all good don't worry about it so what's been going on let's uh let's start with a couple of cool news items from this past uh week or two i guess um first item up Anthem lead producer Ben Irving departs Bioware for greener pastures. He's moving on. And when I first saw this article, my first thought was, well, can you blame him? Anthem was one of my most anticipated games of the year. I, you know, I followed that game pretty religiously through its development. And, uh, you know, I was pretty impressed with all the uh, hands-on stuff I saw from, like, E3 last year and whatnot. And um, took part in the beta, had a lot of fun with that. But then when the game came out, you know, it was it was a, a slight letdown because I kind of enjoyed the game. So I wasn't like, oh, man, this is not what was promised. Buck by aware anthem, you know, was a lie and all that. I, I wasn't like that. But at the same time, I was really disappointed. And I know I've said this many times on this show. Um, for a looter shooter, it just wasn't very looty. wasn't very generous with the loot. I ended up with the same shit over and over and just a couple of... Uh, I know they're not called engrams. That's a uh, that's a destiny thing. But for some reason, I can't I can't seem to think of what the, they're called in uh, in anthem. But anyways, it just never got better for a looter shooter. It wasn't very looty. Just never got any better. And then patch after patch after patch, and then Cataclysm got pushed back and all that. And it just never really got in, any better. So I kind of stopped playing anthem for a while until Cataclysm yeah Cataclysm randomly dropped. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go back and play it. But I got to be honest with you, I think the bad taste has stuck. And the way I felt about Anthem when I first when I stopped playing it 
It's just how I feel about Anthem now. I'm done with it. Cataclysm didn't do enough to draw me back in. It wasn't, I don't know how to explain it. It just wasn't, it wasn't appealing enough. It just, it, it wasn't enough. So I played it a little bit and that was the end of that. I, I just didn't, I didn't care. I just didn't care anymore. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that feels this way. I mean, you jump on any forum, any community, as soon as Anthem comes up, I mean, it's not getting a whole ton of love. I mean, to call it Bioware's biggest failure would be kind of putting it lightly. I mean, it, it's it face-planted big time. And, yeah, I, I, Cataclysm is, I think, just a, uh, just a case of too little, too late, and it's not enough to draw everyone back in, I don't think. So the fact that Ben Irving left, not surprising. Um, it, it's If I were in his shoes, I would not have done any different. I would be like, holy shit, this game is tanking. It's not what we thought it was going to be. It's, you know, especially with the whole expose that Kotaku did on the working conditions and everything. It the, just Bioware right now is just a hot mess. And it's like a dumpster fire. And if Ben Irving wants to get as far away from it as possible in o- order to salvage whatever he can for his career, then this is the way to do it. Get the hell out of there. Distance yourself from Bioware and Anthem. I mean, it's, yeah, it just is what it is. And there are no details on what he's doing next, but um, you know, I can imagine it's game related, probably a similar, similar type role at another studio. Who knows? It's all conjecture at this point. So, uh, on happier news, I don't know if this is happier or not, but I mean, I would call it happier. Uh, Insomniac Games, the developers between the awesome, 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 awesome PS4 uh, Spider-Man game, got purchased by Sony. That is not a shock. I mean, with P- Spider-Man was a PS4 exclusive, and it was a massive hit, and so beloved, and just so well done, and yeah, it's not shocking that Sony's going to want to pull a Microsoft and just start buying up studios, and uh, Insomniac would be a fantastic one. I mean, sure, they did Sunset Overdrive, which was a uh, Microsoft exclusive, but y- y- it's, I don't know. I, to me, Sunset Overdrive is more of a cult favorite. And maybe not enough to ever warrant a Sunset Overdrive 2. Which is a shame, because I really liked Sunset Overdrive. I I still play it every now and then to this day. It's a lot of fun. It's just batshit craziness. And honestly, who doesn't want that every now and then, right? Yeah, the fact that that Sony bought Sunset Overdrive... Or Sunset... Ah, what's wrong with me? The fact that Sony bought Insomniac probably means there's no Sunset Overdrive 2 coming, but never say never. I don't know what the terms of their deal is, so uh, who knows? Anything can happen, right? Anywho. Uh, Some stuff I've been playing. Nothing too exciting, to be completely honest. Uh, Let's see. I've been playing more Fire Emblem Three Houses. Nothing new there. I still haven't finished it, so there's not much I um, I can really add to that, so... Uh, I've been continuing to play uh, DC Universe Online, but as before, I've kind of just hit a point where I think I'm kind of done with it. So, you know, as of now, I'm still playing it, So, but I don't think I will be for much longer. Now, what I have been playing is Black Desert. It's uh, now available on uh, via Game Pass on Xbox One and, uh, you know, many other systems, I'm sure, but uh, it was on Game Pass, so I was like, hey, why the hell not? I'm, you know, other than DC Universe Online, I haven't really played an MMO in a really long time, so I decided to give it a shot. And the first thing I noticed was how awesome it looks. It's uh, it's a really beautiful game. 
it looks great. All the character models look great. The environments look fine. I mean, the enemies look great. It's just a good looking game. I mean, I think MMOs and of course my mind goes straight to World of Warcraft and WoW was never really a graphical powerhouse necessarily. I mean, that's not really what it's all about. So um, the fact that uh, Black Desert looks so good is kind of a nice surprise. So I'm happy about that. Now, gameplay-wise, it's nothing It's nothing mind-blowing or spectacular or game-changing or anything like that. I mean, just, just, so far, I've probably put about a good, ooh, let's say, five hours into it. Five to six to seven hours into it. And uh, so far, all it's really been is a whole bunch of fetch quests. It's an MMO. What do you expect? And a whole bunch of uh, go kill 50 of these elves here and go kill a hundred of this here and go grab a dark helm and blah 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 all that so um i knew that going in it's not a big deal so uh yeah uh, i'm sure you know once i get closer to the end game it'll be it'll open up a little bit and be more exciting but for now i'm just kind of doing my grindy thing and having a good time with it i have no problems doing that so uh black desert it's free i mean if you have game pass and like i mentioned before if you don't have game pass then what are you doing Game Pass Ultimate is the deal of deals. Go get Game Pass. I'm not even sponsored by Microsoft or anything like that. And I mean, I really can't imagine not having Game Pass, especially, especially, I can't believe I said that. Especially if you're paying for Xbox Live Gold, which I would imagine you are, because you can't do much without it. So might as well toss Game Pass in there for what is it? Game Pass Ultimate is what, like fourteen ninety nine a month. I mean, that's including Game Pass, Game Pass PC, and Xbox Live Gold. It's it would be silly not to do that. So, anyways, uh, what else? Some movie news. Hey, guess what? The Matrix Four is happening. Bet you never saw that coming because I sure didn't. Uh, I especially didn't see that coming because Matrix Revolutions was such a hot piece of shit. And I know I'm being kind of unfair to it. Um, to be to be fair, I like all the Matrix movies, and I like that whole property, that whole franchise, and I like the lore that they've developed. Um, the Matrix, the first one, is one of my top science fiction movies of all time. Just it, it's fantastic, and the um, effects still hold up pretty well today. And I think the first Matrix movies' effects hold up better than the second or third because there was less of it. Now. The Matrix Reloaded, I also liked a lot. Not as much as the first Matrix, but, um, you know, the fact that it upped the ante in terms of the action and all that, yeah, it was really cool. And the freeway chase scene is still one of my favorite action scenes of any movie ever. One of, not the favorite of mine, but one of the favorites. Yeah, but I think the problem with the second and third Matrix movies was they tried to overdo the effects so much that it became the sort of thing where, uh, how can I describe this? Where it was so saturated with special effects that it looked faker than it did in the first Matrix because they were a little bit more sparing with it. Does that make sense at all? It makes perfect sense in my head. I just don't know if it actually translates into anything that makes any sort of sense. But, um, yeah, I think that was the problem with the second and third Matrix movies. They just overdid it. They went too far with the effects and... You know, even the biggest idiot in terms of humans out there knows when they're watching something that's very clearly fake looking. I think that's the best way I can describe it. And The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions just kind of fell victim to their own uh, 
their own hubris, for lack of a better phrase. Um, I really, really like the Animatrix. Um, I really like that whole concept of taking a Western property and letting world-renowned uh, anime studios make shorts out of it. I really love that. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, I love the Animatrix. I love the whole Batman Gotham Knight thing. I love the Halo ones. I think it was called Halo Legends. All really well done. And all three of those sets, I enjoyed... Um, I th- yeah, I think I can safely say I enjoyed more so than the source material. It's just cool. It's cool seeing a different spin on certain things while still staying true to the, uh, you know, to what they are. So, yeah. So, The Matrix 4. What could it possibly be? Well, who the hell knows? The Matrix is already a really weird franchise to begin with. So, you know, the fact that it's happening has me excited. Cautiously so, but it does have me excited. And the fact that the Wachowskis are coming back and um, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are coming back. Hey, that's all you need right there. You've got your you've got your core. You got Lawrence Fishburne back. Oh, wait, did he die in The Matrix? I don't remember. Shit, it's been a really long time since I've seen Revolutions. I might have to go back and watch that. Uh, did Morpheus die? Guess I'll have to find out. Guess it's time for a movie night. Who knows? But anyways, uh, so yeah. So there's that, and that's exciting. But what's not so exciting in the world of movies is this whole Sony and Disney dick fight where now uh, Spider-Man is not in the MCU. That really sucks because... Excuse me. The MCU version of Spider-Man is by far my favorite, and I think most people would agree with me. Not all, you know, not all. The Raimi trilogy has its, you know, really fanatical fan base, and rightfully so. The Raimi trilogy kind of started it all. Um, But by and far, Tom Holland's MCU version of Spider-Man just worked. It worked with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with characters like Iron Man, Captain America, whatnot, um, yeah, I guess Disney was, from what I understand, Disney wanted a bigger cut of the pie from their deal. And Sony went, eh, no, no thank you. Um, I think what the problem was, was Spider-Man Far From Home made so much money and Sony kind of went, well, guess we don't need Disney anymore, so goodbye. And I don't know that Sony necessarily realizes that the success of Homecoming and Far From Home is not really them. It's Marvel's involvement in it. Now, I don't know how much involvement Sony had in, um, you know, the MCU Spider-Man movies and appearances. Um, I don't know the details of their deal, of their partnership. So, but I would imagine not much. I mean, we've seen what Sony did with uh, the Amazing Spider-Man series, and while I personally enjoyed it, uh, they weren't hits. They they didn't, you know, they almost killed the franchise, quite frankly. And um, poor Andrew Garfield, I mean, I really enjoyed him as Spider-Man Peter Parker, but it just didn't work out. And, um, yeah, uh, not really sure what's going on there. From what I understand, it's not a 100% done deal. Sony and Disney could still come to an agreement, but... The longer this drags on, the more unlikely it seems that they will. And uh, now there's, you know, there's rumors popping up of, oh, well, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to appear in Venom 2. Or Venom could appear in, you know, whatever the next Spider-Man movie is. That's awesome. That's great. 
Um, I enjoyed Venom. It was kind of like a campy, crappy B-movie, so bad it's good type of a thing. I enjoyed it because of that. And it was kind of cool seeing Venom on the screen. But, you know, it wasn't great. You know, it's not on par with any of the Marvel films or any of the any of the DC films, to be honest, because I really like the DC films, so I'm kind of biased when I talk about them. But um, no amount of Tom Holland cameos in the next Venom movie is really going to save it if it's not already good on its own. So, But I'm not going to lie. The prospect of having Venom versus Spider-Man is very appealing to me, and Carnage, too, because Woody Harrelson is Car- Woody Harrelson is Carnage. So, yeah, maybe we'll get a Maximum Carnage store, uh, movie one of these days. Who knows? Uh, let's see. In other movie news, uh, Disney had their D23 conference uh, last week, and they released a new Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Kind of a, I don't know, like a trailer type thing, I guess. It was, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty long for a trailer. It was like two and a half, three minutes almost. Um, the thing about that is uh, we got two things that everyone's talking about. One we have a C-3PO with red eyes. And everybody's like, why does C-3PO have red eyes? I don't know. And second, we had the ending shot of Rey with a double-bladed red lightsaber. So basically like a Darth Rey, like a dark Jedi or evil Sith version of Rey. I don't think the Sith exists anymore. So I don't, that's not the correct term. But either way, looks like there's going to be an evil Rey. Now, what does that mean? Hey there, everyone. It's Tony Shea, the host and creator of Two Speak Geek. And I want to take a moment here to tell you guys about Anchor.fm, which is the easiest way to record a podcast or host a podcast for that matter. Uh, If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast like I just said. Let me explain. First and foremost, it is free doesn't cost a penny to get started. You just, you know, sign up for an account, do your thing, record it, and it's hosted for you. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're out and about, just do it on your iPad, your tablet, your phone, whatever. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on, you know, popular sites such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So that's kind of a big one. You don't need any minimum listenership to get started with some sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, one app. If that sounds interesting, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Uh, I think most people are not super convinced, as well as they should not be, that Ray is just going to turn evil. Uh, that's a stretch. That's a really big stretch. So the popular theories are it is a force vision, kind of like when Luke went into the big tree and on Dagobah and fought Vader, quote unquote, cut Vader's head off and it was his own face, kind of like that. Uh, most people seem to think it's that. Another popular theory is that it is a clone, because let's not forget, clones and cloning is a really big deal in the Star Wars franchise. Not so big of a deal in the new trilogy, but, I mean, we're talking, it makes up the bulk of the first three prequel movies. It is the bulk of the whole Clone Wars series. And, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a big deal. So, we'll have to see what this whole evil Ray thing is all about. Um, I know there's a lot of popular Ray Palpatine uh, memes that are on the internet right now. Um, who knows? They might be true. 
maybe Ray does become, you know, the pure ultimate evil of the universe. Who the hell knows? But it certainly has people talking, and it's got me excited. So good on you, Star Wars. Uh, while we're on the topic of Marvel and Disney and all that, looks like Disney Plus is going all out in their um, their support for techno and audiophiles. Uh, they're going to have 4K and HDR support with a lot of their stuff. Uh, I assume most of the more modern stuff. I don't really think they're going to bring Bambi back in 4K and HDR. Um, that would be a little bit absurd. And it would take away from a lot of the charm of those older movies. So... But, you know, I imagine with stuff like Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, uh, the newer Star Wars movies, yeah, 4K HDR. Um, good on them. Uh, Netflix does it with all their original shows, uh, amongst other things. I know um, Amazon Prime does it with a lot of their originals, like The Grand Tour and The Boys. Those are all available in 4K. Uh, what else? Uh, Hulu does it, I believe. Uh, last time I watched uh, Handmaid's Tale, I believe it was in 4K. I'm not positive but so yeah uh that already puts it above what dc universe is doing i mean some of their stuff you know i take that back i don't know if any of their stuff is in 4k hdr that's a good question i really don't know i think their original shows like titans and doom patrol might be but don't quote me on that um it's especially hard for me to tell because i mainly watch dc universe in my uh, bedroom, where my TV is only 1080p, so I uh, wouldn't be able to tell you. And I'll have to Google it later, and maybe I'll pop it on my website or something like that. But I'm sure you guys can do a quick Google and figure it out. It's not that hard. Now, I'm about to go off on one of my uh, my rants and raves, okay? Joker, you know the new Joker movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix that's coming out pretty soon? Uh, Joker actor Mark Marin had some really shitty things that he said about people who enjoy superhero movies. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if he said them to be funny or if he actually believes this, you know, believes what he thinks. Um, either way, kind of makes him to be a fucking, out to be a fucking idiot and an asshole. But he basically said, he was on Conan when he uh, made these comments. He basically said superhero movies are for grown male nerd childs. And, yeah, people were not happy to hear that. And he's uh, continuing continuing to stand by that. In fact, he tweeted, quote, Hey, Marvel movie fans, stop acting like outraged religious fanatics defending their belief system. It's okay if I don't believe. Let it go. Actually, or also, I'm actually a big fan of a lot of comic art. Try to relax your mainstream asses. So, Mark Maron sounds like a fun guy at parties, doesn't he? And here's the thing. It's 2019 now, okay? We are in a day and age where acceptance is ironically bigger than it's ever been and also worse than it's ever been. But uh, that's a whole other thing. That's not what I want to talk about right now. Liking comic books, liking video games, liking, you know, stuff like D&D and all that stuff is more accepted now than it's ever been. I can say that with confidence because I grew up liking those things in a time when they weren't accepted, okay? I grew up in a time where liking stuff like comic books and being a video game nerd and, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons and all that um, meant you were going to get your ass kicked at school. And the fact that they're all so mainstream now is really awesome. So this Mark Marin guy, first of all, I'm a big movie fanatic and I don't know who the fuck you are, so... 
whoever the hell you are to think you can say stuff like that about other people and their hobbies, you're clearly not something awesome yourself. So take a fucking seat. I mean, are we really still in a place where grown-ass men like Mark Maron, yeah, I'm calling you out, a grown-ass man like Mark Maron feels the need to shit all over another person's hobbies and interests? Is that, re- is that really where you are? Your state of mind, your your ego, how you feel about yourself, is that really where you are, where you feel the need, for whatever reason, I don't know the reason, I'm not you, thank God, well, for whatever reason, you feel the need to get on a very public forum like Conan or Twitter or whatever, and um, you had to shit all over someone's interests? Does that make you feel better, Mr. Mark Maron? Uh, you getting an Oscar because of that now? Well, I suddenly know who you are because of that? All you are is, a, is an actor. That's it. Nothing more. Nothing fucking more. Okay? All you do for a living is fucking play fight, for lack of a better term. You jump on screen, you pretend to be someone else, and you collect a large paycheck, and somehow you feel that gives you the right to shit all over other people. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. That speaks volumes about the type of person you are. Okay? And yeah, I'm not hot shit myself. Who am I to call you out on it? But guess what? I don't talk to other people like that. So that's where I get the right to talk to you like that. You're clearly a fucking asshole. Okay? Now he's trying to backpedal and say, oh, it's just uh, I'm not into mainstream superhero movies. Whatever, dude. You said what you said. So, (sighs) yeah, he just sounds like a guy that gets off on being a troll. He knows what he said, and he knew what kind of a reaction it would get. He's not an idiot, I'm sure, even though I just called him a fucking idiot like ten times. I'm sure he's not. He knew what kind of a reaction it would get. And he's just a larger part of this uh, whole... There's this subgroup of people that thinks being a contrarian just for being a contrarian's sake is super cool and, I don't know, makes them smarter or makes them less mainstream or whatever the case may be. He's just part of that sad crowd that likes to start shit just to start shit and then hide it behind some guise of, of uh, well, you know, stirring up shit is what America's all about. This is how we open up a conversation. No, fuck you. You're just an idiot and you, you're a bully is what you are. That's all you are. You're a fucking bully. You just like to stir shit up and uh, shit on other people's hobbies and interests. And uh, you get off and you stroke yourself on the fact that you're hurting other people's feelings. That's it. That's the bulk of America right now. No reason why you shouldn't be a part of that, right? So anyways, that's enough of Mark Marin. I've given him way more uh, <laughs> way more uh, airtime than he deserves, if that means anything. Uh, tiny bit of wrestling news. This is actually going to be a really short uh, episode this week. Because... I'm going to be doing it more often. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to try to say. So a tiny bit of wrestling news. Looks like NXT is moving to USA Network on Wednesdays. So the whole, <laughs> this is funny to me. Because when AEW first announced that they were going to do a weekly television show, everyone went, ooh, Monday Night Wars, WWE versus WCW all over again. But now it's WWE versus AEW. <coughs> Then AEW went, yeah, we're doing Wednesdays. We're not interested in competing. But everyone still, you know, has their panties in a bunch and all that. Competition, competition, competition's good. It is. Whatever. But then the WWE said, yeah, we're putting NXT on Wednesdays now. So there's going to be a Wednesday Night Wars, I guess. But it's not going to be WWE's flagship show. 
It's not going to be Raw versus AEW. It's going to be NXT versus AEW, which is a really smart move. Don't put Raw or SmackDown against AEW. They're completely different things. Raw or SmackDown, or Raw and SmackDown, are really heavy on the entertainment part of sports entertainment. They're the shows that, um, even SmackDown, which is the more, quote, wrestling-heavy show, but both of those shows are more of the, you know, the male soap opera type show with the storylines and, you know, whatever. AEW is clearly trying to position itself as a wrestling-first promotion. Uh, It's, you know, Double or Nothing and Fighter Fest, if anything, prove that. They're wrestling first. They're more along the lines of, you know, a Ring of Honor or a New Japan or something like that, where the uh, wrestling is treated more as a, as a sport and a, a serious thing. Wins or losses matter. So to put NXT against them, NXT is the most wrestling heavy of any of WWE shows. This is where you're getting your four or five star matches on a regular basis. Um, they may not have the giant production value and the... Uh, you know, soap opera-esque storylines of a Raw or SmackDown. And they're more wrestling and skill-focused. That's exactly who you need to go up against AEW if you are indeed trying to go up against AEW. Or vice versa, AEW trying to go up against uh, WWE. Now you have two wrestling-centric. The actual wrestling, the actual physical part of it. The performance within the ropes, inside the ring, and sometimes out. Now you have two shows where the focus is that, the action, not the storylines necessarily. You got them going up against each other. That's awesome. That's exactly what needs to happen. And I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that not only is NXT going to get a bigger, you know, get bigger publicity being on USA as opposed to just being on the WWE Network. But um, yeah, have at it. Go at each other. We all win. The fans win when that happens. So hooray. Uh, My last piece of news is not really news. It's more of a really funny thing that I read, and I can't believe I was reading the words as I was reading the words. So check out this headline. Hasbro, you know Hasbro, the toy company. They're the ones that are all that are responsible for, you know, stuff like My Little Pony, Transformers, Play-Doh, uh, Peppa Pig, stuff like that. Check out this headline. Hasbro acquires gangster rap label Death Row Records as part of $4 billion deal. I mean, that's awesome. When I woke up, uh, when did this come out? On the 25th. When I woke up that morning, drove to work, sat in the break room with my coffee, and I perused the news on my phone, I can promise you that headline was not something I was expecting to read. And when I read it, I had to read it again and again. And then I sat there for a moment thinking to myself, oh, that's awesome. I can't believe I just read that. Now, (laughs) let's clear something up. It's not like Hasbro went out and went, we are buying Death Row Records. That's not what happened. What happened was they're trying to, you know, expand their stable of, you know, acquisitions and stuff. So they bought the British company Entertainment One for $4 billion. Now, Entertainment One produces stuff like Peppa Pig and PJ Masks. Uh, Entertainment One also happens to own Death Row Records. So there you go. Hasbro bought Entertainment One for $4 billion, now owns the rights to stuff like Peppa Pig and PJ Masks, and Tupac, and the DOC, and stuff like that. So, um, cool. Uh, like I said, not really newsworthy, just kind of funny. No, not kind of funny. Super funny. Super awesome. So, yeah, I don't know. What's going to happen? 
Peppa Pig Suge Knight crossover? I guess we'll find out. I'm just kidding. We know that'll never happen. But it would be kind of awesome if it did. Uh, my album of the week this week, Nita Strauss, Controlled Chaos. Now, I didn't know of Nita Strauss by name, but I always knew of her, it turns out, because I'm a big Alice Cooper fan, and she's Alice Cooper's guitarist. I just didn't know who she was until I saw her um, at WrestleMania last year playing Shinsuke Nakamura to the ring. And I went, whoa, damn, this girl can play. Who is she? So I did a little bit of research, found out, oh, she's Alice Cooper's guitarist, and she also has a really awesome solo career. So, you know, I started following her on Twitter and Instagram and listening to all her stuff, and her album, Controlled Chaos, I found on Apple Music, and whoa, my goodness, that album kicked my ass in the best way possible. Now, I'm a big fan of instrumental rock. Um, I've always been a fan of guitarists like Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, um... In fact, Surfing with the Aliens is one of my top albums of all time, of any genre of music. So I really like really awesome rock, and it doesn't necessarily have to have lyrics and vocals. I mean, something like Surfing with the Aliens, Satch Boogie, you know, all those awesome songs that Joe Satriani did, um, they, they rank up there alongside all the great rock songs in history. And Nita Strauss is continuing that tradition. Uh, I've kind of fallen out of instrumental rock for a while, so I don't really know what, you know, guys like Satriani have been up to. I know he did Chicken Foot for a while, but, you know, that's neither here or there. That's not what this is about. So uh, I don't really know what he's been up to lately. I, I'm not even sure if I've missed any of his album releases or anything like that. But Nita Strauss, holy guacamole, Control Chaos. You got to give that album a listen. It starts off just, I played it at work one day and, I was just like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. I just want to go around and destroy everything in the office. I didn't, of course, obviously, because I'm still employed there and everything's still in one piece. But, um, yeah, how to describe it? Just, um, you know, I can't even describe it. I can't compare her to anyone. She's her own thing. Um, she's not like Satriani. Um, she, she was inspired by Steve Vai. So I guess in terms of her tone... In terms of the way she plays, there's a Steve Vai-esque vibe to it all. But Nita Strauss is her own thing. And she, she, oh my God, that girl can rock. And she's got a new fan in me. And uh, that's my album of the week. Nita Strauss, Controlled Chaos. Give it a listen. Get ready to have your ears blown off. And the best part about that album, it ends with a cover of The Show Must Go On from Queen. An instrumental version. Of course, because it's an instrumental album. But it ends with a cover of that. I mean, anyone who knows me knows how huge of a fan of Queen I am. So, yeah. So awesome. Nita Strauss, Controlled Chaos. Do it. Do it now. Anyways, so that wraps up our short-ish episode, episode six. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, once again, you can follow me on Twitter. ToneZone81. That's spelled exactly how it sounds. T-O-N-E. Z-O-N-E-8-1. And uh, again, you can check out my website at geeksingledad.com. Geek oh, my God. I got to pull it up again. I'm so sorry. Uh, again, I never ended up changing it. <laughs> so it is still that really shitty URL that needs to be typed in. So sorry about that. Let me find it real quick. Right. G-K-S-N-G-L-D-A-D.blogspot.com. One of these days, I'm going to change it, I promise. Um, 
I just keep forgetting about doing it, so sorry about that. And uh, again, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Spotify, whatever. Wherever you get your podcast, I would be eternally grateful if you would subscribe, leave a five-star review. That would be awesome. Unless you really hate this podcast. Unless you think I'm just the worst thing that's ever happened. Then I would want you to be honest and leave me a zero-star review and be like, yeah, you fucking suck. Get out of here. Stop podcasting. I mean, don't, you know, don't leave me five stars just because. Be honest. I want to improve. So, anyways, uh, thank you for listening, and bye-bye.